You're listening to My Work in Progress. I'm Heidi Vega, and on today's episode, uh, it isn't your average My Work in Progress episode. I have three individual guests who have joined me on the podcast to talk about their experiences at the protests that have been going on all over the country and even the world, from Paris, France, to LA, California, to right here in my hometown of Denver, Colorado. These protests come after the murder of George Floyd by a police officer, which acted as the last straw for many people, especially in the Black community. As we have seen this story play out one too many times, police officers are simply let go and never charged for their brutality and heinous crimes against African Americans and really people of color at large. But it goes much deeper than that as we see judges, prosecutors, congressmen, senators, and even the president of the United States hold up racism and bigotry in the name of law and order. From the education system to the criminal justice system, we have witnessed for too long uh, a society that continues to breed inequality. My guests today are all African-American and powerful voices that may give insight to not only how these protests have been experienced, but also how we may move forward. Okay, well, my name is Mariah. Um, I work as a manager in a firm downtown. Um, Born and raised in Denver, grew up here my whole life. Went to college at CU Boulder and then came back home and started working. So, Mm yeah, Yeah. just been here forever. how are you doing mental health wise with with everything that's going on honestly i don't even know like there's a lot of feelings a lot of emotions you know there's both good stories and bad stories coming out of this so just watching the changes day by day Mm -hmm. um i'm feeling hopeful i will say that much i'm definitely feeling hopeful Mm. but it's it's a lot of emotion to process you know every day is just a different day you don't know what to expect or what's going to happen or you know so it's just taking it day by day just feeling feeling that support from the community and it's it's been it's been helpful yeah but it's it's a lot have you felt the need to stay away from social media at some points or or do you like block that off because you're like well I need to know you know I need to stay informed or or how how are you doing yeah it's kind of a mixed bag like I I am kind of avoiding social media more than I normally would Hmm. just because for a couple of weeks there it was just like I wake up I get on social media I'm instantly angry and like that sets Mm -hmm. my tone for the day and I just I I had to get out of that cycle like it got to a point where even I'm just like super emotional and stuff early in the morning and then I have to hop on zoom calls for work and you know compose Mm -hmm. myself pull it together so from there I just started (laughs) checking it if I got a notification or something which mm-hmm. I've ended up turning all notifications off and then just checking it when I feel like it which has made a difference mm-hmm. but a lot of the times people are just like you know sending links or sending posts did you see this did you hear that and then I'm prompted to check more frequently than I would want to but mm-hmm. I do feel the need to stay as informed as possible mm-hmm. you normally you normally work downtown but since everything with the coronavirus you've been at home yeah for the most part I've been at home I've been one of the few people on my team that has remained in the office not as much um Mm -hmm. initially they cut us down to like 50 percent in the office and then 
in May, they just pretty much told everybody, stay working from home or do whatever makes you feel comfortable. So a lot of people have just been staying remote. I don't have that opportunity because I have to process a lot of paper mail in the office. So mm. I'm here down here twice a week at least. Mm. And um, do you live with any like family members or is it just you by yourself? Um, well, it will be being by myself oh, okay. eventually again. But right now I'm I'm with my parents ha- at my parents' house, which has okay. been just such a relief for right. not having to worry about bills or deal with all that madness and, and trying to move in the midst of all this is just a nightmare. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that with my parents. Yeah. Has being with your parents helped through? Oh, definitely. Yeah. With the... Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I'm assuming those conversations uh, happen more frequently now um with everything that's going on and and just seeing everything on the news it's kind of like are you guys relaying messages to each other about what's going on when you do see each other oh yeah constant communication on it like it's kind of funny because my my mom and dad they're both remote so my Mm -hmm. mom works upstairs in her bedroom I'm kind of on the middle level and then my dad he has his you know his man cave so his mm-hmm. work setup is down there so she's watching like good morning america listening to podcasts like hot 97 and stuff like that my dad's mm-hmm. downstairs watching cnn so there's always <laughs> some kind of like information going on and someone will come out of their space to be like oh look, look what's happening now and then we have discussions around it so it's yeah constant communication on everything mm-hmm. that's going on okay did they go with you to the protest or who who went with you um with with, when I went it was just me and my sister um and then one of my best friends was gonna go down but she has bad migraines so that just wasn't the day for her but we ended up going with her boyfriend and some of his friends which felt a little safer for us to just be around some kind of some male companions if anything Mm -hmm. crazy went down you know um so there was a I think there was five of us initially and then when we got downtown a couple of people got off work and just met us there so it turned into a healthy little group of people. Okay. Did it feel I mean when you in comparison when you just went with your sister uh you said it felt safer was it different was the was the energy that night or the vibe different as far as how people were acting what they were saying how the police were were acting yeah i would say like so we went on monday so it was mm-hmm. like after all of the kind of more intense interactions with police and stuff went down over the weekend mm-hmm. and then that same at the same time it was we were down there is when the mayor, the governor, I can't remember exactly who it was, um, had initiated that order to have the cops stand down if everyone was being peaceful. So we had very little police interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could just tell from like the daytime crowd, because we were there for probably from like 5.30 to around 10 p.m. And the daytime crowd compared to like the nighttime crowd with the sun went down was Mm -hmm. just too completely different atmospheres like Mm. you could just tell who was there to you know like start shit and who was there to peacefully protest and and just get the message out right do you feel like were you disappointed at any point uh the way people may have been like acting like feeling like they're starting stuff instead of there for like the actual cause um I would say probably not until the very end that's when mm-hmm. people just start getting kind of ignorant and <laughs> doing right. wild stuff um mm-hmm. but the whole day itself was just it was really a proud moment to see mm-hmm. how many different races to different cultures different support groups were down there just 
there to support the everyone that did choose to peacefully protest. Right. You know, there was a lot of people handing out waters or snacks, sanitizer masks, picking up trash. So people who didn't weren't directly involved in protesting, but they were there just as a support, which felt really good. Yeah. Just to be like, okay, these people are here to have my back. That felt Mm. really nice. I wasn't actually expecting that. Mm. (laughs) So that was just a, a good moment of reassurance that like, okay, people are on the right side of this issue and people do yeah. care. Like it's not yeah. just some spectator sport or people just looking to get some kind of Insta fame or something like that, you right. know? Right. People were taking like a lot of selfies and like, are you protesting or you're just going to take selfies? Exactly. Like, oh, are you right. just here to fake the funk or do you really care? Right. Like, is right. this, does this matter to you? I like that. (laughs) Um, Have you been to a protest before uh, than these this last two times? No. Well, nothing like nothing as grassroots and like very activist forward like this was like I've been Mm. to, you know, a couple of different marches or uh, parades and things like that. Right. um, Which was another like weird side of it because, you know, this is normally lgbtq pride so right it was a really surreal moment to just be down there you know when i'm like oh well in typical the previous years i've been down here protesting rights for lgbtq and now i'm here for kind of both sides like i'm here for black lives matter i'm here for black lgbtq black trans like Mm -hmm. i'm here for people's rights you know right even beyond just the color and the specific reason that this protest is going on it's like it's a fight for everything right now it's kind of how I feel about it I got you so um did you I you had mentioned you felt kind of like uh hopeful inspired um was that even after you left you know the protest you felt like okay like there's good and bad but overall do you feel like this is something that will make a big enough an impact that we're really going to start to see some changes coming in the near future? I I definitely think so, especially yeah. after the fact. Like, it just felt like such a release of everything I was experiencing and feeling mm-hmm. that I didn't know how to verbalize or communicate, like, you mm-hmm. know, just... But to have people there that kind of could say what I was feeling when I didn't have the words just felt very, mm-hmm. like, reassuring, like, okay... I'm here for the right reasons and I'm around the, the right people to push mm-hmm. the message that needs to be pushed. And I just think, especially considering where Denver itself is on day nine of protests, protests mm-hmm. are still actively happening around the country. Organizations are still making moves. So I, I definitely right. think that this, this is going to be the time for real change. Like the death of George Floyd to me was kind of like, the, sh- the final straw on the camel's back you know like mm-hmm. enough is enough and this is the one even though it's to a specific person it's it's the the thing that lit the fire for every issue that we have around right. this cause so I don't think it's gonna quiet down anytime soon I think more and more people will get over the the looting and the rioting side and just get back to the main message that we're trying to send right right yeah, I I think that the the that's the worry is that the conversation starts to become about something else that we already as a society I think have have decided like yeah you shouldn't steal yeah you shouldn't 
you know, break personal property, but that's not the conversation that we need to be having because if it was, then it would be something that would, you know, that would be the reason why we're protesting, but it's obviously not. Right. It's not the reason why people are on the streets. It's not because <laughs> it's exactly. a conversation about that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's everywhere right now. And, and sometimes I think it can feel very exhausting for a lot of people, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so like at the end of the day, it's, it's difficult because it needs to happen. It's a difficult conversation and usually difficulties mean that it's like something that we need to get past. We need to, to address Mm -hmm. and find a way to move forward. Have you, um, have you found yourself trying to find like, okay, so what are the solutions at this point? What are people putting forth that I can, that I can say, okay, yeah, I definitely need to do that. I need to do this. Um, I think I've seen a lot about, you know, voting, about talking to congressmen, about local uh, government and how important that part is. Um, what have you found yourself like doing that was different from maybe before as far as like trying to really make sure you're part of the change? Um, so, wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. It's just like, dang, what wasn't I doing before? Because I mean, I wasn't doing a lot before. Like, you know, it, it, at a point you just got to get, get so jaded by it that you're just like, right. an- it's another day, another life, you know, mm-hmm. like feeling that kind of just hopelessness but that's Mm -hmm. the part to me that has dissipated in all this because I'm seeing I'm seeing the just the widespread support like people actually caring to find information to gather different viewpoints and to just not sit in their comfort zones and I Mm -hmm. I recognize how hard that is a a lot for people that aren't black like because it's like it's a problem that doesn't directly affect this group but they understand that they're benefiting from a broken system. And Mm -hmm. that recognition is something that is important to me because I do have a lot of friends that aren't black. And it's like, Mm -hmm. before I would just completely avoid even talking about it. Cause I'm like, for for what you, you, you don't understand. You won't understand. You know, I think the, the simple fact that people are taking the, I know I can't ever, experience what you're going through but I want to help as much as I can was a big motivator for me to to do more to figure out more information to share more with my peers so that we could do something together in a collective way and just make Mm -hmm. a big impact um I also I I know a lot of criticism came out of um, Black Tuesday earlier this week but right. I, I think that that was just amazing and in, in that it gave so many people who didn't know how to come out and support or say the right things or were too afraid to come at an angle, um, had the opportunity to be more expressive and just find those resources. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to see how many of my friends um, just found all these different resources locally that we could all participate in. And I think mm-hmm. that made a huge difference in in my life and in my view. And I was able to share that with friends and family and say, hey, here's the things that I think we should definitely put a foot forward on. And this is Mm -hmm. going to be the way we can help with the change. Right. Yeah, I I think a lot of people are worried because if they've never, if, if you don't have like a lot of people in your corner or just friends, even family that are Black, 
and you've never really sat down and had those kind of conversations before, I think people worry that they'll say something offensive, they'll say something wrong, mm-hmm. they'll be misinterpreted, or or maybe they'll they'll let out some of the um, pre- prejudices or something that they have, and they're worried about being corrected or being told, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that coming out. And I think that's. I think that's not just with this situation. I think a lot of people do that almost. It's like um, they're worried to share their opinions, although if they were to share them, maybe they could learn something you right. know, because then people can rebuttal. Then people can talk to you and say, OK, well, if that's your opinion or that's how you really feel, let me tell you about this. Um, and the conversation starts, mm-hmm. you know, but if you just kind of keep it inside and you're like, well, I don't know, you know, y- y- the ne- conversation never starts. You never actually sometimes even like thoughts that you have in your head, they're not fully processed into words. They're just kind of a mixture of experiences and emotions until you say them out loud to somebody. You really don't, you know, you don't uh, like record them. Almost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's you not know? like it retains in your mind, like right right so it's just something sitting there that that you haven't really come to terms exactly. with. exactly um and I, yeah i've seen this con- conversations everywhere are you do you have family members or uh that are white or of other races yeah so my family is a huge just Melting yes pot. like <laughs> you can pretty much find every race religion in my family which i think is been so beneficial for me because I've always just grown up with this other perspective of how people live and what that's like and then at at the same Mm -hmm. token it's like yeah we live different lifestyles but we're all coming from the same place and community means everything in a system like that Mm -hmm. like and my my family's just so tight-knit it's like there's so many a lot of them too that are mixed with black don't look black on the outside you know what I mean so mm-hmm. being able to see what this experience is like for them when people come at them and say well why would you support that like that has nothing to do with you and then they have to go and explain to these people well actually I am black which honestly is none of your business but at the end of the day like right. if you're asking right. why I'm so concerned it's because this is a part of me whether you can see mm-hmm. that on the outside of me or not and I think that just mm-hmm. speaks to a bigger message of people's preconceived notions of other people. And whether you realize it or not, you're, you have these implicit biases that you're putting against people that you don't even know. And without having right. any kind of conversations with them, you can make these assumptions. And then later on, you come to find out, you're like, oh, I never knew that you went through X, Y, Z. Like, we share a similar story in this way. It's just a deeper level of connection. So I've been a very, like, just blessed with that for my own family Mm -hmm. and how much it's helped me with like as who I am even with my friends a lot of my black friends don't have friends that are outside of black people Mm -hmm. you know so and they're like how can you have so many you know like white friends or non-black POC friends like how do you guys connect like what do you mean how do we connect We're, we're humans we're people like we experience things similarly even if it's not because of something defined by our race you know yeah. Do you have um, people who at the beginning of all this, you were like, OK, yeah, that's my my friend, quote unquote, or, you know, whatever. You felt like you had the same viewpoints as somebody. And then you're like, OK, maybe we don't view the world the same way. Thankfully, no. Okay. <laughs> and I thought I was going to like 
one day I really did go to Facebook specifically to like block and delete people. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised by the just outpour of just support and mm-hmm. people that were on my side. And I thought that I would those and I had to take a step back at myself like, dang, you kind of judge these people. Right. Yeah. And then just to come and see them defending me without me even knowing it, it was just a gratifying feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, <laughs> my my people are really my people, you know. Yeah. But I I have witnessed a friend who didn't have that experience, who had to have these tough conversations with her white friends and some of them with black children, and she's like, they don't even get it, and they have black kids. I just right. How is that? It's one? very demoralizing at that point, mm-hmm. but. Luckily for me, I haven't had that experience. Yeah, I I don't get on Facebook much, um, but I I honestly haven't gone on Facebook since Trump won the election. <laughs> I, I'm so serious. Like since then, I was like, I'm good. But I I did go on a rampage at that time and was like, nope, nope, nope. Like just you mm-hmm. know, friends that I was like, there's no way. And it's funny because now when I got on Facebook, I was like a little timid because I was like, okay, am I, I going to see some stuff that I'm just like really like and be disappointed and angry? Mm-hmm. And surprisingly so, I was like, I must have got rid of everybody. <laughs> nobody on my timeline was like, you know, with that, just saying things that I was like, no, not. No, everyone was good. Everyone was like supporting and. I was like, okay, I must have did a good job before. Cause... Right, you were way ahead of the curve. Right, there. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that's really good to hear. And and I, I understand, you know, coming from a, um, you know, my, my family is not like my immediate family. And then just like my aunts and uncles and stuff, you know, all straight from Mexico. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of like mixing there. But then you get to all my cousins and it's, it becomes a boiling pot or a melted mm-hmm. pot, you know, it's, it's just like, it, it's, it's different cultures. And, and I love to see that, you know, because it means that the family is growing in a mm-hmm. much more diverse way, but I still worry because I have such a big family that I, I find myself like seeing some things that I'm like, that's questionable. And then there. I my dad's side 15 aunts and uncles like com- the combination is 15 so you can imagine I have like family that's just like I don't I don't think I've seen them more than twice and mm-hmm. you know and like when I see something that looks like I'm like mm, I don't know that doesn't sound right like you're starting to sound questionable I'm like, do I engage? Do I start that conversation? And mm-hmm. how will that proceed? You know, will they just stay more in their ways or will they open up? And I try to find a balance between, you know, wanting to say what's on my mind, which isn't going to sound so nice, <laughs> you know, and saying things that will help open their eyes, you know, right. Like come to a level of understanding. Right. 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 And I think, um, it's definitely a blessing not to have had those conversations currently, you know, right now. Um, does your sister feel, have you and your sister talked, I'm assuming, about about everything that's been going on? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And All the time. She, does she have similar situation as far as, like, friends go as you? Um, she has significantly less non-Black <laughs> friends than I do. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's not been such a major challenge for her to be right. on the same page with her friends. But then there is this other side of mm-hmm. the black flight, I'll right. call it, right. that is a challenge, which is that some black people are still kind of in this, you know, like, screw everybody in America, we just got to do for ourselves. And this like strains mindset that we're just gonna like, break off and create our own country or something. And it's just going to be black America. And it's like, having to just for her having to, to bridge that gap and make them understand like, this is a collective effort. And even if you don't have trust on the other side, like there are people that do support you. And like, you also need to open yourself up to that you also need to realize that every white person and every non black POC isn't racist or doesn't Mm -hmm. have a bias against you some of them grew up just the same as you did so it's like trying to find that like a way to bring those black people on board with everyone else right so it's like it's like two battles (laughs) towards the Mm -hmm. same war and you're on you're kind of on the fence on both sides it's like now I have to convince these groups of black people that this is the right way to go and then on the other side I have to convince other people that there's really just one side of this. Mm, so yeah. I have seen that pose a challenge with some friendships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it makes sense. You know, it's, it's only expected, like not everyone's going to be on the same page, even when they're technically seen as being on the same side. Exactly. Or the same, you know, the same situation, the same type of oppression. Um, they'll, they'll decide that the, that the best way forward is something completely different exactly yeah. I like to like think of it like we're all in this big kayak right and everybody's got their paddle and some people want to paddle this way and the others want to paddle this way and it's like right. guys we've got one kayak okay and we need to steer <laughs> it one direction so everybody needs to agree on that direction <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah and and there's also the side of, of people who is who don't even think that there's anything wrong going on right you know people like you know, not a lot of people come out and, and say that, but there's definitely those figures uh, within the media that, that like, and people like her who, who are very opinionated and seem to be um, like feeling like, why are we protesting? What's wrong? You know, he went to, he got what he deserved, the, not, not uh, George Floyd, but the officer. And then, just really takes it as like um like so why are we protesting kind of thing mm-hmm. you know um and you know there's people I'm I'm sure there's people on that side of the, not a lot and not definitely not a lot of black people on that side but there you have another fraction you know of of people who are feeling some type of way about what's what's going on and you kind of have to like try to get everybody on board but it's it's impossible to get everybody to just agree it's just about getting the majority um, exactly yeah and yeah so I completely yeah agree with you on that um well that was kind of all I really wanted to ask you um I'm I've been wanting to go to the protest but there's a part of me that's like um I don't know if I should take my daughter or not Mm-hmm. I like part of me you know she is half black I I want her to see you know what I mean the the unity the power in 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 
the fact that she is half black you know mm-hmm. the that that side of her and um i mean she gets that all the time obviously she has women on that side of the family and and she sees you know these strong black women but this is a definitely something that i want her to learn about the need to to fight for what's right but at the same time i'm like there's dangerous people out there <laughs> right and there's police yeah. officers that don't that don't care they just right they really don't care uh, yeah and that is definitely a challenging place to be especially um for you because you know i have a, a lot of mexican women in my in my family who mm-hmm. you know they have children by my black cousin so mm-hmm. it's like and they come, I I really love and appreciate that they do come to like my mom and my sister and other people in our family that they're not blood related to, but they are through marriage. And they ask those hard questions and they, they ask how they should respond to their children because it's in reality, a lot of people's parents, even with mixed kids, the, the, the grandparents or the great grands or great aunts and uncles still see a different way. Mm-hmm. And though they may accept that one child, like that doesn't mean they accept the group as a whole so for you I guess I just have the question like how do you see yourself um talking about that when she's old enough to understand and when she does come to you with those questions like obviously of course I know you're on her side and you're gonna support her but what what do you think your conversation will look like to say I am with you and your family does support the other side of you yeah I think um I think my main goal then, if she, if she, when she does, I know she will, um, to ask me about that, I, I think will be to reassure her that, um, you know, there's, there's both sides of her are immensely important, are immensely important to who she will become, who she is, mm-hmm. and that any any question about race about you know other kids if anybody comments something about her being half black or half mexican either way it's like you know she can always come to me always come and and i have no problem you know if she decides like this is a conversation or a part of a conversation she wants to have with her grandma or her auntie you know because at the end of the day like i can't be the uh, you know, I'm not the whole <laughs> when it comes to her. Right. You definitely could learn a lot, you know, because I, I don't have the answer. I, I haven't experienced what it is to be a black woman in America. Um, and, and the fact that I'm light skinned Mexican definitely changes things for even being Mexican. Right. Um, I have definitely gotten away with yelling at a police officer uh, yelling at him, you know, for an injustice he was doing actually at the time to my then uh, boyfriend who was black you know and I mm-hmm. felt like it was an injustice and I took my basically white privilege and I used it to the max and I knew you know at that time that's what I was doing because yeah. I was like if it weren't for the fact that I do look like I'm white then I'm sure it wouldn't it would have been a different conversation yeah you know? so um, I know that my experiences aren't going to be the same as hers and I want her to feel open enough to to talk to me and say like this is what I've experienced and all I can really do is lend an ear give some advice where I know that it's like yeah that's that's my right to, to give those the, those certain things that I know for sure will help her along the way but I know I'm always going to be looking to you know her the other side of the family to say hey help me out with these questions even her father you know is coming from a different place than I am so yeah 
And that's really powerful, Heidi. I'm glad you said that too, because I think that's another level of this that people aren't actually considering is the pastors. Like historically and traditionally, you know, there were a lot of slave owners that had children with slaves and some of those kids would come out lighter and with lighter hair and blue eyes or what have you and they would pass as white and Mm -hmm. some of those some of those people they would choose to use that privilege to the best of their ability to help their people while others took it as a hey I'm a free pass I don't even have to ever acknowledge this other side of me again so Mm -hmm. I, I think it's really important that you said that too because the women who are just like you and have um, black children, they know that even if they don't acknowledge it, they should know now, like you have that privilege and you should use it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels weird to use it at the time. You're like, should I even use it? You know, should I even go here with this person? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking about police officers, because right. you're like, is this me abusing something or doing something wrong? Like, knowing that they can't do the same thing. But at the end of the day, I'm like, if that's the way the system is currently working and really it shouldn't matter what race or what I look like, right. I should be allowed to speak my voice and, and have an opinion, especially if I'm not threatening you or, or threatening your life at all. You know, I should exactly. be allowed to speak regardless of what race I am. So I'm going to say what I need to say mm-hmm. so that make sure you hear it, you know, and, yeah, it's, it's definitely happened. Um, and I think that definitely has has changed my my viewpoint on on it, all of it, because I think when you do as someone that's non-white, but a person of color and non-black a person of color, you're you're sitting here and you you have a relationship with a black man. You you take on all of that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you become very aware of the difference especially whenever you get into any type of situation with with police mm-hmm. you like oh shit it's like that and, right. and it's almost you can't even believe it a lot of the time there's been plenty of times where I'm like are you, like I feel like I'm dreaming or something because it's like is it really just like that like that's how y'all are gonna do people? right like and you know at the end of the day you know at your core that if you were any other race it'd be a different story yep yeah, and I think that a lot of people miss, to completely miss that because they think it's just situational when it's right. like, no, race definitely plays a role. Yes, 100%. Yeah, but um, I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, my little one, speaking of my little one, she's like, this episode's over. Huh? <laughs> she's like, we're done. Um but thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with me. And, of course. You know, sharing your experience. Um, I think that's so necessary. I, yes, I think thank you people... for giving me the time, too. I really appreciate of it. Of course. I'm, I'm definitely happy, to. I know I haven't seen you in, like, I don't know, since I was, like, 17 or 15. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I follow, since then, I think we've been following each other on social media. And yeah, always... for, like, ever. So I'm like, it's yeah. like I know you still, so... Yeah. <laughs> well well thank you again of um, course I'm glad that you and your family are happy and safe um, thank you and and please stay strong through all this you definitely have people on your side you definitely have allies um and we're gonna keep fighting the good fight i appreciate you girl thank you so bye. much bye <laughs> bye
hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Lord have mercy. I don't. My house, literally, if I move one step, everything changes. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. I'm going to sit down right here. I'm not going to move. Okay. <laughs> um. So you asked how am I doing mentally, mentally though, right now. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I think I'm doing better than most and I, I don't know part of me and I was just talking to my sister about this, part of me finds it really hard to establish how I feel because in one sense, you know, I wanna support the movement and I wanna uh do what I can for the change, but then you're also scared to almost go and support the change because you don't know what's going to happen while you're supporting the change, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, that goes for as far as like going downtown and protesting or going anywhere near that area to do anything. It's like half of us want to support it, but we don't want to get hurt in the meantime. And so mentally it's like, I'm trying to kind of block certain things out so I don't sit there and just get in my head about it. But you can't even do that because it's on every single platform. It's right in front of your face. It's on every single radio thing. Right. So I don't really know how I feel, but mentally I'm doing all right. I think mainly because I keep talking about it. And right. for me, I'm the kind of person who I can't sit quiet if something's on my mind. And so luckily I've had support of my sister and my family and my friends and anybody in my life has luckily been supportive enough to listen to me and hear me when I need to talk about it, which I think keeps my mental right where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know? family, yeah. Family and friends definitely a big, a big, uh, support system especially in times like these 100 um, did you who did you go down downtown with i went downtown with travis actually and it was his idea because i had no intentions of going down there low key oh okay and so i think for me one of the most um and i don't know this i don't know it's not a bad thing when i say this but these protests when i went i went right when it started was majority ran by white people. And that's not a problem to me. I think that's really good because if anybody needs to speak to the white folks, it's the white folks. They need to get their own people to understand kind of where we are because obviously we're not being hurt. Um, and so I thought that was really cool that they were there because it's obviously showing that they support us. But I was just blown away because I would have thought it would have been all black people here and just a little bit of white people and they would have been scared to come, honestly, like not trying to sound judgmental or anything. Yeah. But so that was really interesting yeah. to see. And I was happy that they were all out there supporting us. Okay. They were leading the chance and everything. Was anything that you saw made you question some of the people who were there, though? Um, like whether they're huh. there to, to start stuff i mean what what time right. did you go was it during the day yes i went at noon and that was literally okay. the whole thing is like i didn't want to go at night because i think you get a whole different crowd and so i honestly would say there was not a single person there that gave me a weird vibe that gave me a vibe like they were going to start shit yeah i mean it seemed like everybody was there to support i seen a couple cars i seemed like they were just driving around in circles to support the movement they weren't even driving past or any for no reason mm -hmm. other than that and so it literally seemed very peaceful but then at night i saw the complete different um, side of it on Instagram yeah. and on Snapchat. So that's why I'm, I'm like, how do people feel going down there even? Because we can support depending on the time, but also if we go after a certain time, our lives are in jeopardy. Right, right. And that's From, the scary part of this. Yeah, definitely. Especially the way that they were saying like the police have reacted. Yeah. It, yeah. It seems like that the more, the darker it was outside, the different mm -hmm. crowd it's attracting. Mm -hmm. It's just all of a sudden, like, violence becomes much violence. more, yeah, much more prevalent. And I said right? to my sister, you know, I don't want to sound, and I'm not saying anything by this statement, mm -hmm. but I, I wondered, you know, is that because the people 
like I wonder if it has to do with the fact that people don't feel safe, so they only want to come out at night, which I don't make doesn't make sense to me because it yeah. sounds like even the news is saying at night is the worst time to go. Right. Or is it that people are getting out there in the middle of the day, getting drunk, getting high, doing whatever, and then they're right. just acting stupid. You know, I don't know right. what to think of it. I, it doesn't make sense because what I saw was nothing like that. So right. I couldn't figure out where it's at what time is it switching over to such a violent time? And right. I, I feel like it has to do with the cops. Once they start macing people and once they start getting themselves involved just because mm-hmm. they feel like they have to save somebody mm-hmm. is when shit gets crazy. Like, no right. one's doing anything wrong. So why is there a curfew? Why is there this? I think yeah. when they do shit like right. that, people get mad. Yeah, the curfew really, really has thrown me off because yeah. I don't understand, like, okay, so you're not okay with protesting, right? You're not right. okay with the protests, obviously, if you're going to put a curfew in Uh that's going to give cops like 10 times more of a reason why yeah that they feel like well we actually are trying to keep law and order here and that's why this is happening right nothing was out of order right what was out of order this is literally yeah Yeah, of course so i'm wondering if that has the biggest thing to do with it or not but yeah you know we'll have to say that well i know for me personally like if if i'm in a situation where someone's telling me I can't do something and I know I'm full like within right. my right I have the tendency to just like you know you buck up a little bit more because straight up you're like no you're you're straight trying up to, yeah you're treating you're trying, me wrongly right exactly you're trying to take advantage to, exactly and I saw a lot of people um who had gotten like hit with rubber bullets and like yeah, ma- the, yeah all that and I'm just that video of um uh, a guy coming out of his car and he was uh-huh. like with his girlfriend who was pregnant and he starts yelling at them like y'all really gonna oh, start yeah, shooting yeah, me yeah. with tear gas and I was just like I can't it's imagine crazy. how frustrating that is in yes. that moment you know See, they... and that brings a question I have for you two questions actually that follow that mm-hmm. because my mom and I only thought about this until my, until my mom brought it up which I feel like you're kind of in the same spot as my mom in a sense you're uh, baby's daddy's black, right? Your child mm-hmm. is black. I'm not sure if you guys are together, so I don't want to call him a boyfriend. Um, <laughs> but whatever you guys are, he is black. Your child is black, right? So yeah. automatically, as their mother, as their uh, significant other, or whatever, you're gonna feel a little bit more different than a parent who has a completely white child and a completely right. white husband. Mm-hmm. And so my mom said to me the other day, she never thought with Jordan to have conversations about. Um, like police brutality or anything mm. simply because like she never I don't know I don't know why she never had the conversation with it but with me she had it because of how I look I look like a boy from behind from right. my car my right. car says female I'm black she wanted to make sure I knew how to approach things and what you just said if I'm in my rights and I know I'm in my rights I'm gonna treat you the same way well listen sir I don't mm-hmm. feel safe I think you're trying to take advantage and that's right. where I'm in trouble and so with my sister right. What just happened that made her think about this was her boyfriend had got pulled over. They were in the car together. Her boyfriend is a big black man, uh, mm-hmm. very nice, sweetest man you'll ever meet, big heart, big big arms, but to the police, it's a big black man, right? Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. get pulled over. He was speeding. Um, so they asked him for his license. He gave it to them. He's, like I said, super respectful. And they asked him to get out of the car. And right there is like, what is going on that he needs to get out of the car? And if you think about it, any small little white officer man who's intimidated and insecure is going to react as if he's doing something wrong the second he gets out. So he's going to stand up five feet above him with these big old black arms and this big old black body. Right. He's going to feel scared. And so until that happened to my sister, she never thought to talk to Jordan about how to react in situations. And Jordan's heart dropped. She was so scared the second they asked him to get out of the car for his mm-hmm. life because you really don't know why they're doing that. So I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you if you've ever had that incident with your 
with your man or if that's happened or how you feel about your child in the situation right now oh oh yeah I think uh definitely ever since uh from the beginning literally from the beginning since we met Mm -hmm. in college we we went to we went to Mesa you know Grand Junction it's a small little town and really it's a lot of just a lot of white people it really didn't start to diversify the schools specifically didn't start to diversify till the year after I got there so we're down there and there's definitely multiple incidents where you know he was walking in the park and gets arrested taken it taken to yeah for 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 walking in the park and wow. the, the police officer says it, and it was at night you know the police officer yeah. says there's a there's like a curfew like you mm-hmm. can't be in the parks at after a certain hour Do and there's like him? Yeah, and, and there's a homeless man sitting right there. And he's not oh, even like, wow. you know, he's not staying at the no. park. He's yeah. walking through it type mm-hmm. thing to get to the gas station on the other end. Right. And he's like, man, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm, and, and he was literally like, so the, the sidewalk, the street, and then the next street is not the park anymore. That's the houses, you know. He's yeah. walking. He's already on, off of the sidewalk into the street. And he tells him to come back over to the side where the oh, park no. is. You know, he's like, no, come over here. And I didn't even know any of this was going on until uh-huh. I walk out of my place. I see him with police officers and the neighbors that are like right next to the park. They're like, they're fucking with him. Like, that's oh your man. God. They're fucking with him. And I go over there and I just was just in shock. I was like, you guys are arresting him for what? Like, does yeah. he have anything on him? Is, is, he there, something? is there a reason? And mm-hmm. and they're just looking at me like, ma'am, I know, but he did not comply with the officer. Like, that's not a reason to arrest anybody. Tell that's me how he re- didn't comply. Right. He's still here, right? And y- y'all mm-hmm. have him handcuffed. Yep. Like, and he's quiet, probably not even arguing right. with them. No, or nothing. no, nothing. Have, yeah, probably being and, really respectful. I was just talking to um, another guest that I had on on the podcast about this that I was like, I was yelling at them at this yeah, point. Like I, I was yelling at the top of my lungs, like y'all don't have anything better to do. There's actual criminals out here and you're dealing with this. Cause it, at, by that point there was like four of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. It starts oh with one God. and then there's they like, right. They call backup. And at that point I think is when I realized like, yeah, I definitely got some white privilege because I, I, I at the end of the day, I'm not white, but I mm-hmm. look, I yep. look white enough to yep. pass. Exactly. So that gives me a certain amount of privilege that I, mm-hmm. I can sit here and yell at the cops. I can't say that a black woman could have could that have same that. right. Yeah, because then she yeah. would have been, oh, too unruly, too crazy. Uh-huh. She's getting arrested too. So at yes. the end of the day, I know, I know at that point I was like, fuck, if I if y'all are gonna if y'all are gonna treat me like one of you. Then let me let cool. you know how I feel about it. Yes. You. And then you, know it's good that I mean? you realize that even, you know, because some people are being ignorant enough to not even acknowledge that fact, whether right. you're white or not. Like your skin is the color. Like, and I say that when I, people ask me what I am, I'm like, well, I'm white and black. Right. And I could say I'm white, right? Because I'm 50 50. But at right. the end of the day, when I walk outside, people see black skin, dark skin, brown skin. So I might as well say I'm right. black. Right. So the fact that you can even acknowledge, like, hey, I'm not white, but since I look that color, they're going to treat me different. That's right. what I think a lot of America needs to do right now because people don't even want to acknowledge that simple fact. And it's like, we're not saying your life doesn't matter, but acknowledge where you see the difference here. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, what, is, what has it been like for you being half white, half black? Have yes. you had situations in your family oh. that's like... Well, I'm glad you bring that up because yeah. me and Jordan, um, we've been on this topic since this happened pretty much about our family. What's really weird about it is, you know, I don't know a lot of people know that I was raised by my entire white family, not a single black person in my family, but me and Jordan. Mm-hmm. So at any function we go to, 
I'm sure people walked in like, oh, I wonder who they're here with. Little do they know the person they're coming here for is my uncle, is my own blood. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But because he's this color and I'm that color, I'm the outcast. So, you know, this was what we dealt with growing up the most of. It was never anything other than that. Yeah. And I don't think anybody ever knew that we thought those things because we just acted like it was no big deal. You know, what are we going to do? Sit here and act weird because we're going to black folks? No, that's right. my family. But now that this is where we're at in society, it has been a huge deal in my family. And, mm. you know, I guess... I had to recognize that me and me and Jordan were such cool personalities. We don't really conflict with anybody. We don't bring things up if we don't need to. And so we never thought a day in our life, hey, let's sit down with the family and, and talk about black and white people real quick, you know? And right. half my family is Republican, half them are not. So, you know, there's right. certain things you just don't get into conversation about naturally. Yeah. But on top of that, you never think to bring those conversations up yourself. And so now we're at a point where Jordan is going, she's having a really hard time with this, more so than mm. anybody I know, I think. Um, and so it's something that she can't just keep to herself now. And since we've never had these conversations in our family, now is the time. And right. thank God for us, the people who have brought it up to us and who we've talked to about it have been very supportive. And they're like, listen, we want to hear from you guys on right. how we address these issues. We want to know what you guys think, what you guys feel. We'll never relate to you, but we want to try to understand the best we can. And we never knew that's how they felt growing up because no one ever talked about it. So it's mm -hmm. like, until now, this was never a thing in my family. And now that it is a thing, I'm just really thankful that they all want to learn and they want to help understand how we feel. Because I, I would truly tell you, it's only, been, it's only been a conversation for about a week between my family and three of them have been so moved by it. Um, I'm just like, wow, you know, my grandpa is, you know, I hate to say it. He was a big racist back in his day and he wasn't mm -hmm. happy when my mom had two kids with a black man, but mm -hmm. he put a post on Facebook in our favor. And I said, wow, I think this one story right here just opened up his eyes onto how his grandkids might feel. And he never until this moment thought about that. And so I'm very thankful that he posted that. I'm very thankful that he texted my mom and said, hey, read this post I just posted. My eyes have been open. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's those little things like that that I'm realizing now I have to continue on the conversation with my family because they clearly are trying to understand, want to understand, but never voiced that. And now they're voicing it through these little actions. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been a good time. It's just for me kind of awkward because I am like, don't really want to spark any like animosity, don't right. want to spark any awkwardness. But at the same time, they're showing the fact that they want to know. So I can only give that to them. I think it's, I think it's really telling that at this point in time, I feel like more people are willing to have those conversations because I think more people, hopefully, I, th I think more people are willing to be corrected. You know what I mean? So. Are, are willing to take those conversations and actually say like, oh, I shouldn't, you know, uh, think about it this way necessarily, or maybe I shouldn't address people like this, or maybe I shouldn't, um, like, I'm not asking the right questions, you know, uh, because I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, if I say, if I ask this question, is it ignorant of me to even ask? Yes, you know that's I mean? 100%. My aunt did that, actually. Her first mm -hmm. question out the door was, so she's like, I always hate, say, I always hate saying this, but I don't want to ask anybody. She's like, do you prefer to be called Black or African-American? Because African-American sounds so formal. You know, that I don't mm -hmm. want to call somebody Black and they get mad. So simple questions like that, people are even scared to address. Right. And, until you until somebody makes it known that it's okay to ask people won't ask which is why right. i think it's cool that like white folks are stepping up and saying hey we're here to listen we're here to protest with you we want to know and that's mm -hmm. what we need right now is people who are willing to listen and change their mind i think yeah i think assumption is is worse you know than asking yeah. if you just assume 
and you don't really know and sometimes your assumption can be way off and then that's when you get like people being offended because you didn't take the time to ask and and being being uh have you ever been to any other kinds of protests or is this okay first one i was didn't know what to expect yeah it was really weird yeah i wanted to support and so have you been to one before I have, but uh, it's been so long. I was like, I want to say I was like 12 or 13. And my mom took me to a protest downtown that was happening for um, uh, at the time when like the immigration laws were shitty. I forgot exactly what the protest was, but I think it was like something about undocumented immigrants at that time, you know. And I remember being like hot and I was like why are we out here (laughs) you're ready to go home probably like I'm ready to go home but then like the longer we stayed the more I felt like oh like you know I felt like proud you know a Um, part of something right a part of something bigger than yourself and definitely Mm -hmm. a part of something that you look at your parents and you're like okay like I definitely should be here um and I've been thinking about that with my daughter like should I be taking her to a protest like what would that even look like? Is that even yeah. safe? You know, that's a um, whole other thing on top of right. regular people's parenting. Do you bring your kids to this or not? Is it good parenting? Is it bad parenting? Is it right. showing that you're trying to teach your kids? Is it showing that you're, you know, I don't know. I don't have that thought because I don't have a kid, but right. yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. But um, all, I was going to say being part, like being lesbian, right? That's how you identify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you. Do you feel like there's an added weight to say, like, I'm out here protesting and there's there's so much to protest for? You know what I mean? There's so many things that, uh, like, you feel like maybe you feel oppressed by in the way society just you know, works. And that's, see, and that's something else I've gotten into before with, I know somebody else, you know, I have um a mentor i guess in a sense not someone who mentored me into being gay but like a mentor into different lifestyles Mm -hmm. um who was also gay and i've realized over the years of knowing her now i am so far different than those people that are oppressed Mm -hmm. you know i think the older generation of people like me have so much more weight to carry than i do and i don't know if that's personality wise or if that's generational wise Mm -hmm. i don't carry those weights because i'm so comfortable in who i am that it's Mm -hmm. nothing for me to think about um i don't carry those weights on top of me but my mom carries those weights for me you know people Mm -hmm. that are um, above me and my family who love me i think carry those weights because they know those are oppressed things of the Mm -hmm. past you know Mm -hmm. but for me personally i can't carry those weights because i'm not that kind of person so i let other people carry them for me i'm not ignorant to them i know that they exist but i'm already a black woman who's gay all in itself so i try not to put all the things in my head you know i'm just like i am who i am but yeah my family definitely feels that for me my mom has always been scared for my life you know on top Mm -hmm. of being a black woman but looking the way i look and fearing for me being mm-hmm. attacked in different ways, not only because I'm black, but because I look like a little boy and because people mm-hmm. don't like that. And so, yeah, it's definitely a thing. I just, it doesn't bother me. It's not something that I thought about while I was at the protest at all. In fact, there was a lot of gay people at that protest. And it's also like, what, Pride Month now? So yeah. I yeah. think it's, maybe it's the perfect time for this to be happening, you know, mix, right. mix it all together and protest for equal rights on top of this and protest for whatever else, you know? It's right. a good time for that because America needs to change. Mm-hmm. So, Do you, I don't know. Have you thought about uh, different ways where, like, you can, uh, like, support that's outside of protesting? 
the thing yes I yeah. my I think my biggest way is through communicating and, and keeping yeah. the conversation open like doing podcasts with you and like mm-hmm. going on Facebook live and making little videos to people and even reaching out to my family and saying hey I don't know if you know but this like I said my grandpa's a really big Republican voted for Trump anti-gay anti-black whatever mm-hmm. but even reaching out to him to keep him aware is kind of my biggest way of contributing to the change and I think mm. that's what a lot of people need to do is talk I think talking is yeah. the biggest way I think we need to communicate better with our fellow Americans, white, black, whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. But get the word out there and get people to understand. I know, teach, I don't know. Yeah. So that's my biggest way. Do you do you feel like um like was there a riff before this started and before your grandpa made that post between you and him or was it always like I know you love me, but you mm-hmm. can't see the bigger picture of like yes. if you can love that's, me. That's yeah. pretty it. I mean, so this, like, I we never, there's certain things that I'm sure my grandpa does not know about everybody's life because he's that right. kind of person you just don't tell things to. Mm-hmm. So it's always been like the, oh, don't talk to grandpa about this. Probably wouldn't mention that. Just keep this out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and yeah. it's not even like it bothers me. It's just how I was raised. Like, everybody does that. So I never right. was like, oh, man, this sucks. But the older I got, the more I was like, dang, why can't people just step up to grandpa and be like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. you need to pipe down for a second and listen to us because... <laughs> Clearly, he's the the man in the family, I guess. Everyone is scared mm. to, to talk to him. So that's definitely been a thought. And my sister actually right now is struggling on whether or not to make this a conversation with him. You know, mm. we've all suppressed so many things from him. She finally wants to be that voice. And I kind of talked her into it. My mom probably did the opposite. But <laughs> I think it's time. So I think, yes, it's been an awkward walking on eggshells with my grandpa, for, especially for me, being gay, too. Like, that was mm-hmm. the hardest thing for me to try to hide from him all my life still have never said it out of my mouth to him and I hope I never have to just gets the hint right right but this conversation I think needs to be had because if it can change anybody's mind in my family it needs to be his mm. so he's the biggest one we got to catch he's like a shark we're trying to catch in the ocean <laughs> you know we're trying to get him in to understand that you don't eat the fish the fish right. are friends but fish are friends, he's trying to eat the fish so <laughs> I don't know it's, it's a work in progress and it's still I don't think right. it'll happen over this next month not even over maybe maybe the month after that but I think over this next year or so his eyes will slowly start to open as change happens yeah ask you where like how you see this moving forward how this whole situation might no idea yeah I have no idea what to expect moving forward I have no idea what the world is going to change into moving forward I just hope that there's a change in the future that's literally and I hope it's a good change I hope it's a change and honestly I think the biggest change that needs to happen is within the police task force you know within our yeah. own government yeah. so you know we've got to remove some people we've got to clean up our systems a little bit and get mm-hmm. the right people in there mm-hmm. and I think that's where the change will start so I hope that that is what's next I it seems like it has to be what's next it's right. all the cops so right. I just hope that's what's next and then from there hopefully the world will just become peaceful but you know I've been around for 27 years almost and I haven't you know I haven't seen it this bad yet so hopefully it doesn't get any worse that's all I can ask for right right you know I'm still young so I don't want to live my life kind of like our grandparents did you know back in the day I don't want to live that kind of life I'm ready for the peace to come for real yeah I think I think it definitely is going to take everybody kind of doing their part and I hope I hope people feel inspired at the end of the day to to do that to like take that extra step to have that extra conversation that maybe you're like no we don't need to talk about it but maybe it's like yeah let's talk about it you know and it might 
keep things from happening the way they've been happening. Keep Karens from calling police on dudes <laughs> walking through the damn park. Like, right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope for the best. Yes. Let's hope. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really yes. appreciate it. You definitely, you know, you have a personality for, yes. for podcasting. You should definitely. And I'm always so shy. I'm like, no. <laughs> but no, I'm glad you asked me to be on it. Honestly, it's, it's something that I was like, oh, yeah, I think I have to do this. So thank you very much for letting me be a part of it. Of course. Of course. I saw I saw your video. I was like, I think, Brie, I think yep. she's going to want to participate. Yep. Thank you she's so much. She's got some shit to say. No problem. Well, yeah. thank you again for coming on. And You're welcome, girl. I'm Be sure, safe out here. Yeah, I will. I'm sure I'll see you once, once the restrictions loosen Absolutely. up a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right, girl. Have a good day. <laughs> you too. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for inviting me, Heidi. Of course. Um, so, yeah, my name is William Harris. I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. I've known middle school, sixth grade <laughs> through high school. One of my great friends. <clears throat> so I currently live in Dallas, Texas. I work at Microsoft. I've been there for about four years originally started doing consulting in the, in the tech space and now I do account management um, and like I said I lived in Dallas Texas for about four years um, after graduating high school I went to Howard University and got my degree in computer information systems on campus I was involved in multiple organizations uh, Alpha Kappa Psi professional business fraternity as well as Cap Alpha Psi fraternity incorporated um, yeah, and that's kind of what I've done professionally. Outside of that, I, I mentor very frequently with the Crawley Foundation back in Denver and participate in other uh, mentorship and community service events in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, go back home very frequently to help out with the, the Crawley Foundation and do um, kind of like youth and young men development um, and mentorship with them. So that's a little bit about me outside of my nine to five mm-hmm. um and yeah and i've been to about well four protests today will be five so okay yeah. and have been in dallas yeah they've all been in dallas yeah. okay but are these protests being held in like different places or is it all yeah so they've they've been in different places for sure right um the first one that i went to was was hosted at our our police station downtown. Okay. Um, that was probably the first protest that kicked off in Dallas, right? Which happened, uh, I believe that was what May 29th. Okay. Um, and then there's there's been a few other throughout the city, right? We had a really big one in Frisco, which is up north, which is probably about 35 minutes away from downtown. Um, we're having one today in McKinney. There was an event in McKinney, I think like four or five years ago, where one of the police officers had like, had a very, very, um, bad event mm-hmm. where he overutilized his force against a minor, um, adolescent, uh, young mm-hmm. woman. 
right when he had his he actually had his knee on her neck so in regards to that they're actually protesting the mckinney police okay. department uh today so yeah they've kind of been spread out all around i went to another one in addison so i've, I've gone to some that are downtown in different cities as well yeah right? so, have, have you what's what's like uh have you is it always at the same hour like during the same time of the day because from what i've heard it's a different crowd depending on the time of day that you're at these protests yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so the first one i went to was in the evening that one started around eight right right? um and probably probably lasted until the morning or, or late night probably around 12 right um there was some there was some looting that happened during that one. There was some vandalism that happened during that. That was the first one Friday night, uh, in May. Okay. Um, and after that, there's been some you know uh, trying to like maneuver with like the curfew we have out yeah. here. Um, there's been some in the day, right? So like the one I went to yesterday, we met up at five, um, and stayed out past the curfew, which I think is like seven or eight. Um, there's probably about a hundred of us. The police didn't really bother us. Like they followed us and gave us warnings about the curfew, but we stayed out well okay. after that. Right. So some have been in the day, um, and depending on the time, right. With some people in their professional mm-hmm. lives, like you, you will see like different crowds for sure. Okay. Do you, uh, are you like worried at all at these protests? Not, not, nece- not actually because of the crowd necessarily, but more like the police and how they're going to handle the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Right. So, um, I went to a protest last week, which was in, uh, Addison. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, it was, it was kind of, I don't know if it was being orchestrated or like thrown in partnership with the high school, but you know, there was a lot of high school or kids. They were majority of the Mm -hmm. folks there. Um, there were some parents with some younger, uh, very, very young, kids children maybe like i saw somebody with like maybe a five-year-old mm-hmm. some other like kids around their ten, around 10 years old but this one in addison was 10 years old and the police were actually probably contacted to work in partnership whether it was with the high school or whoever organized it so they actually marched with us down to city nice. hall um you had some people that kind of spoke out against mm-hmm. the police and, and you know rightfully right. so right um that were that were kind of pissed off and kind of expressed their uh, frustration um, and some people, right? I mean, it, maybe it wasn't in in the most politically correct way, right. right? And some people didn't agree with that. But after we got to the the, the target point and started marching back, there, I, I will say that that protest began to like escalate, mm. uh, right? So you these same police officers who were the ones who were like, you know, sh- chauffeuring us down and 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 kind of. Uh, you know, um, guiding us down to, to, to the, uh, to the point an hour later, we're tear gassing the crowd and, and, and things like that. Right. Wow. So because it, cause it escalated. So I, I do think, um, that was kind of the dynamic of some of them. So I don't think I've been worried. Right. So I, I do take into consideration the people that I go with. Right. Um, surprisingly enough, like a lot of the main people that I've been going with have been like women. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I have some male friends as well, but I, I'm very conscious of when I go out here with like women mm-hmm. um, and there may be situations that I maybe feel more comfortable with as far as like my level of risk tolerance. Yeah. But I make sure that whoever I come with, I am conscious of 
of their safety, right? And yeah. that if there's something that they're uncomfortable with, we don't have to be on the front line or if I feel comfortable on the front line, if I'm by myself, then I kind of tailor that to, to what, with who I'm with, you know? Mm, I got you. Yeah, I spoke to some some of the women who had gone, like Brie, you know Brie, uh, to yeah. the ones down here in Denver, and there was, like, conversations about um, feeling more comfortable going when there are guys with them Absolutely. in the group, you know, yeah. and I can see that, you know, because it, if it escalates quickly, you just feel yeah. like, okay, there'll be, there'll be, like, some kind of... Um, something to help like block from all the yeah. the violence that may start up you know um right. i like as because the the two women that i've that i've uh, interviewed have been black women so yeah. i'm curious about from your viewpoint as far as like all this is concerned how 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 handling this at the protest how to, to behave at the protest, how to try mm-hmm. to like, you know, push the conversation forward. But also I know it's a lot about letting out some frustration, maybe not on yeah. personal property, but just like yeah. keeping yeah. in mind, you know, uh, and yeah. raising your voice and saying what needs to be said. Um, what's that been like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I, like to your first point in regards to like the women, right? Like, right. so like I'm going to a protest today. I really don't feel like going right I, I got up early and did my bike ride I went yesterday and then you'll see like I, I typically work out every day right so right. because I have I'm protesting I haven't been working out because of like just the physical there is like a physical exhaustion that comes yeah. with that right mm-hmm. um and the heat right so I didn't really want to go today but because of one of my friends Chandler who's you know going to help out passing bags with supplies and stuff mm. Like, I feel like it's my obligation as her friend, as a male, to go and assist her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I say that because a majority of the protests that I've went to, like, the women are the most vocal ones there. So yeah. I, I definitely respect that and want to, like, shine light on that and applaud them for, for, like, leading a lot of these charges. Like, mm-hmm. three of the, a lot of the protests I went to, they've led them, they've organized them, they're, mm-hmm. they're getting the permits done, they're coordinating the logistics, mm-hmm. right? So all like I want to definitely highlight that aspect as far as from their involvement, right? So I yeah. think as a man who should be seen as like the muscle, I don't want to like play like gender roles into this, right? Right. But I think there should be some type of level of obligation as a man to kind of come and make sure that our, our women are protected, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and I guess to 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 your second point, um. Yeah, I mean, it is a level of frustration. Like, like me, I work in corporate America at a at a Fortune 100 tech company, right? So, yeah. like, a lot of folks don't feel as though they have these safe spaces. Rest yourselves professionally. Mm-hmm. So, when you deal with some of these situations, nine to five, and your company company may not be speaking out, a company may not be allowing you to vocalize what's going on right now in a mm-hmm. manner. Um, Cause you don't, I mean, there's a level that you want to be able to be genuine in your words and I have to remain politically yeah. correct. Right. Um, so like for me, like this, this stuff is therapeutic mm-hmm. in a sense, right. It's like, this is how I'm my film. My, I need my voice to be heard. And um, so, I mean, like, yeah, people are going to be mad and they might, you know, taking anger out and saying things that some people may find offensive to cops, but 
I mean, rightfully right. so. You There's know? a lot of frustration and years and years and years and years of it. Uh, how are you? Yeah. How are you yeah. handling staying mentally together? You know, what's what's your mm. mental health like right mm. now? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. That's a that's a that's a that's a great question. Um, and I think as a black man, as a man in general, but specifically as a black man, that's something that we don't talk about yeah. enough, right? Um, I actually led a workshop with the Crowley Foundation um, last last November, focused on emotional and social mm-hmm. awareness, right? But for me, um, my support system, like today, I had a call um, with my, my line mm-hmm. brother. We have Saturday calls around 9 a.m. And we kind of talk about our relationship with God, what we, how our week's been, how our conversations with God, how mm. they've been that week. Um, we do this every Saturday, right? So last Saturday, I had told him, man, like, listen, bro, I'm pissed off. I haven't really talked to God this week. This was mm. last week, um, last Saturday. Um, because there's a lot of anger, I don't want to come to him, like, and, and I'm not looking to turn the other cheek. I, I want, you know repercussions right. happen I'm I want revenge right so I don't want to so th- and this is me growing in my faith right. as well right so like those forums to have those discussions with trusted people have been kind of how I've been able to maneuver and stay sane I yeah. guess you would right music has been helpful being able to talk to some of my to some of my my other peers right um blacks and and black folks are and people of color that are in corporate but like like having some of these conversations, right, with your your white management, your white peers, like that's exhausting oh, yeah. sometimes. So like like teaching and stuff is sometimes exhausting. So I think just being able to have those safe spaces, um, and my my relationship with with God have have been very helpful. That's so, good. Yeah, having praying, ha- praying yeah too, having so. people in your corner that you can that you don't have to explain yourself necessarily to. You know, they get it. And they're they're yeah. they're experiencing it as you are, you know. Um, being able to have those conversations right. is definitely important. To your point about teaching, um, have people been, you know, reaching out to you and being like, "Can you explain, you know, this or this?" Yeah. They have. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's um, yeah, it's interesting because like I, I mean I haven't been doing this for like any type of like notoriety right. or anything like that like you just right. you personally like genuinely reached out to me like because we have a yeah. relationship as under friendship you're like hey i've seen you're out here like would you mind speaking i'm like mm-hmm. hey sure right um so i had a co-worker refer somebody else to reach out to me that wanted to be informed and they're like hey um i like one of my you know one of our mutual co-workers had said you've been protesting um and she mentioned you may know like can you provide some resources like to where you're going mm-hmm. you know and i've had multiple people reach out to me like um hey where are you going like which protest because there is some level of um i guess folks wanted to make sure that they go to something that's trusted and that's right. going to be safe opposed to just you know like and they see me maybe because i'm out here like me i possibly may know the organizers and stuff like that yeah. right so but it i mean educating some of my peers is definitely i would say exhausting mm-hmm. right like i had a situation um, with a random white lady um, yesterday, mm. which was off the chain, and we—I don't know if we have time for that, but that was wild, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, some some folks have some folks have been um, open-minded, or at least taking the initiative to 
and opening the being vulnerable to have the conversation right, right? so yeah. being willing to to be taught basically and say okay i want to actually learn and not right. just yeah what ha- what happened with you and the lady yesterday oh, was that a protest oh no it was it was it was it was after okay. a protest um i i think that like some white counterparts try to like overcompensate mm. to show that they're like with something that's sh- that's right mm. you know um right so and with saying that yesterday i was out uh getting some food um with some people after the protest and one of the ladies just sparked the conversation i like was close to me and i said you know hey how are you doing because she was kind of in my space so any other regular time I wouldn't have mm-hmm. cared, but because of COVID, you know, I was like, just asking how she was doing. But um, long story short, she kind of like, I felt like she overemphasized or overcompensated. And she made a remark. She says, yeah, you know, like she asked if I, we were single. Right. And then she, she, she um, made a remark and said, yeah, you know, I don't even date white guys because they don't understand their privilege. Mm-hmm. Right. And I could tell like she was trying to like overcompensate. Right. right. right? And then, you know, she, 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 she made, I, I wanted to, to be brief, but she um, goes on to make other remarks like, you know, hey, are you guys, you guys are single? Um, and, you know, if you're with it, and she told one of my friends how she was really like attracted to him yeah. and um, felt that they had a connection and they just met, right? And this is a, a older white lady and she um, was like, well, hey, yeah, you know, if you're with it and I'm with it, I think that we should like, we could hook up, we should hook up. Um, and you could bring your people and it'll be good for my people and it could help against racism. Yeah. Right. So it was like to the lines of like, yeah, you want to have a sexual encounter with a black man. Like, how does that help this right. situation? And she didn't understand. She didn't understand how, like how, how wild that right. was. You know what I mean? How, how, so yeah. How privileged it is to think like, yeah, if you right. mix with me, and I'm being, you'll be good. Like, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And this is this is the the me being politically correct, right? Out of respect for for your podcast, right? Yeah, I mean so, you're you're good. I I want I want you to feel yeah. comfortable to to talk. It is an explicit podcast, so you know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. No, uh, no worries. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't go over any of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought this shit was wild, right? Like, yeah. you know, and then and then and then, you know, one of my my friends had to begin to tell her like, because he, he he you know he personally is attracted to black right. women, right? Like right. he has like we have black mothers, we have black nieces and sisters and cousins, right? right? right. So that's normal. Um, and he was like, yeah, I don't date white women. Um, and she was like, it's just, so she was like, so this has nothing to do with my desires. This is about me being a white woman. Right. So then he had to further educate her. Like, you know, like, do you understand historically the, um, the trauma and the damage that white women have caused Mm -hmm. for black Mm -hmm. men in the history of the United States through the 1800s to the 1900s, like, black men have been killed, mm-hmm. falsely accused of rape, like, you know, Emmett Till, like, the whole nine, right? right? And then he further had to educate her on, like, yo, um, like, even through the system now, like, black men are not properly 
educated in K through 12 by like white teachers, mm-hmm. right? They don't, they're, 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 they're more, um, they have more of an opportunity to, to be disciplined mm-hmm. at a higher rate and at a more extreme weight than their white counterparts, mm-hmm. right? So that psychologically has an effect on their development, right? Yeah. And then they're easily, um, um, criminalized and juvenileized growing up, right? So like he kind of educated her, like so when it comes to the pool of black men that that are qualified and that are educated, yeah. right? Yeah. And they have and that have opportunities because they have found a way to escape this fucked up system. That are the amount of men that are available to to black women, right? Mm-hmm. And then granted, the black men that are actually attracted to other black successful women, it's not very many yeah, of us, right? right? that are available so he had to tell her like yeah it has nothing to do like with your desires and it does have something to do with your white with you being white right and like i i'm going to be another brother that stays in that pool of of folks that you know um is 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 successful that is educated that is going to be available for a black queen Mm -hmm. right and because i want to have black kids so you know, um, yeah, and that shit was just a draining ass conversation. Right, you know, to have like, to explain like, that. like, and and to have to explain that, and then one, the fact that you feel privileged enough to like, and 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 like, naive enough to think like, yeah, like you having a sexual encounter with a black man is gonna help this shit, like help, like what, what? you know, right. like so, shit, shit like that is 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 exhausting, and you know, and this is somebody that's a year away from being a doctor, mm-hmm. right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like. Had we been with other black women or had a black woman that they probably wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that shit. Yeah. Like as a man, I don't like I wish there would have been a, a woman there because it probably would have went left. Oh, you yeah, know. Definitely. So so like yeah, so I mean like shit like that is exhausting. And I don't want to go off topic of like the purpose of you wanting to talk about the protests. No, you know? yeah. So. Well, I, I honestly uh partially the protest, but just kind of like the individual experience, which I understand. Yeah. makes up much more than who you are at the protest and and that's yeah. kind of one, definitely one of the reasons I reached out to you because I mean I've seen tons of people at the protest here in Denver and other cities but I know personally like from knowing you that it goes beyond just the protest for you you've definitely been like yeah. working I mean you went to HBCU you know, you definitely right, have right. that pride in you enough to say, like, I know what's what looks wrong and what looks right. I know that, you know, I can tell that you are much it's the movement's much bigger than just uh, the protests for you in your life, you know. Um, and I appreciate that about you, obviously. Um, have you have you noticed like uh, other friends that are? people of color or that are black and that have just kind of been less inclined to to be a part of the protest for any reason um in some ways right um and and um i want to say like everybody has their way of speaking out and demonstrating and vocalizing in different ways right and everybody has their lane or their strength or their superpower to make a change Mm -hmm. and that might not always be the same across the board right so like some people's situations are are different but I have seen some folks that uh, from my friends like whether it's because of their 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 professional careers Mm -hmm. right who may be more politically correct or who may be less inclined to do certain things Mm -hmm. right so um 
Yeah, I, I have, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I mean, my circle of friends, like, I went to HBCUs, I'm in a black, uh, historically black frat, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, most of, most of my friends are pretty, pretty woke and pretty involved and pretty active, I will say for the most part, for sure. Um, I do want to like encourage everybody to have that strength to have those uncomfortable situations to check and to, to have those conversations with their management in those corporate spaces. Um, right. So I think that's what I could probably see more of. Yeah. Hmm. Do you, uh, do you find yourself like, um, at the end of the day, just feeling more hopeful after after going to the protest or how are you feeling in the aftermath yeah um i feel good man yeah. i think like and i and i think you ha- like I, I think like you have to realize like it's more it's about more than than rest in peace to all these beautiful souls right it's it's but it's it's, it's more than police brutality oh, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. we live it's this it's systematic right. you know from to health care right to 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 the to you know the the lack of attention that that black women and women of color get um medically and men medically right it's it's to the shared how resources are shared mm-hmm. um so there's it's 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 bigger than just like police um injustices right. the whole system right so i feel good and i think you're finding folks that are are, are becoming more comfortable with like you know, acknowledging these things, you know, um, I will say like some people, I feel like maybe some of my white counterparts, cause I, I mean, to be honest, when I'm at these protests, there are a lot of allies, Mm -hmm. right. Which I think is good. I think it's great, but I do think there are some individuals, like I said, that try to overcompensate and don't want to be left out. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's great that you're at a protest, have these conversations. Like you see these, 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 these young teenagers, Mm -hmm having these difficult conversations and checking their parents like mm-hmm. yeah i applaud them you know check your friends um and when i like okay the protest is cool but it doesn't stop them, yeah you know? exactly yeah i i, I feel good though, to say the least. yeah the i think the protests are a really good obviously starting point to just kind of get everybody started on these conversations but the conversations definitely need to lead to a what now kind of situation. Have you have you found yourself finding more ways to to impact change as far as like long term things that you know, whether it's yeah. voting or, you know, yeah. calling a congressman, congresswoman and, and kind of yes. making these changes like uh into into actual things that will limit the amount of, of yeah just so just racism in all institutions yeah. at this point yeah so yeah so yes yeah, a good question man jeez <laughs> sorry <laughs> so yeah so i think like to your point like like i said i think everybody has their own calling right. or their own like superpower um and one of the things that i'm extremely passionate is just about you know is is mentoring the youth and like that's that's why I, harness a lot of my energy mm-hmm. to make sure that they are aware that they're educated that they know their rights that they know they have the resources and knowledge of how to vote mm-hmm. right so that's kind of my avenue of where I where I harness in the most energy time and effort right mm-hmm. um and I'm I'm growing in other areas right as far as 
other avenues that are that are related to this but i would say like that for me that's that's my number one Mm -hmm. avenue to kind of spark change is the is the next generation with the youth of 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 young minority men Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um so does the crawley foundation is it specifically uh for black uh young men or is it just men of color or is it just men in general yeah so so it started for, for like black men uh-huh. but we we do have some like latinos that that come to some of our our um our workshops and stuff too though okay. yeah okay were you were yeah. you mentored under the crawley foundation yeah oh, okay. yeah so I, I i was eugene and i both went to the first uh workshop back in 2009 mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay, so like freshman um, year. So yeah, they, they, yeah. So yeah, and then we became like the first group of mentors. Yeah. Oh, nice. So well, not like our junior year. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. So, or two thousand ten. Yeah. So it was it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I leverage. They have a great platform. So I mean, I we all come together, and that's how we're sparking change. That's how I spark change. And you know, there's other little things that you know, that I do here and there. Mm-hmm. Um. Like like you said, having those conversations with your your white counterparts, yeah, um, empowering other black people, empowering your circle, that's where you're gonna have the most change, right? Is your circle of friends holding them accountable, making sure they're educated, and in the loop, you know. You don't you don't have any friends who or not friends, a uh, family that are not black, or do you? Do you have any like family members who are other races or make no? no? okay no. just yeah like, yeah if you have a, a lot of people I've, I've talked to i think we're more mixed obviously than we haven't been in previous generations as far as yeah. um just human race goes and uh i think that because of that we see a lot of people talking about you know i talked to brie and you know her mom's white and telling yeah. me about that kind of situation and that's that's something that, like, as far as your family goes, you guys are, are all uniformed in, like, how you feel about what's going on right now. Yeah. Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I would say that. Um, and you know what's funny, man, is this, being younger, man, I'm, I feel so proud, like, because I even have to educate my parents on some of this stuff mm-hmm. nowadays, right? Like, telling them I'm going to protest. They're like, why are you going? Like, be safe. Like, yeah, obviously, they're worried about my safety, but... Right. I have to educate them on the reasons why I'm out here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that they're uneducated or they're uninformed, but I think it's also like a generational thing right, as well. Right. You know? Definitely. Um, so. Yeah. Cause you're, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, for the older generations, they're like, well, what we experienced was just very outright. Yeah. It was very obvious, yeah. you know? And yeah. now yeah. it's very covert. And it's not something that you can necessarily point your finger on um, and and expect everybody to see it unless they're being unless they read between the lines. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, I can definitely see how they're like, what are you you know what I mean? What are you protesting for? Do you know why you're doing this? Are you following the crowd? Yeah. 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 Makes sense. And and I I don't want to say that they're like not with the shits. It's probably more some disconcern for my safety. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I would be concerned for, I mean, I am concerned for your safety. Um, I think that if I had ended up having a boy instead of a girl, 
Um, mm. I think it would have mm. definitely played out differently as far as like my concern for their safety in the future would be a lot, it, it would weigh a lot heavier on me. Um, yeah. But because I ended up having a daughter, um, I think, and, and the fact that, you know, she, she's very light skinned, you know, she's, yeah, um, yeah. so I, colorism I, plays a huge part in it as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. So I, I feel a little less worried, but I still feel like there's a lot of duty there that lies on my shoulders to, to teach her where she comes from. Kind of. and, and you, you, and that's an interesting point. Like I, I don't have kids, so I can't like empathize mm-hmm. or sympathize from that that standpoint. Mm-hmm. I have nieces and nephews, right? right? But as a parent, I can't, I can't, I can't relate there. Mm-hmm. But as a as a someone with like common sense, right? Like I saw an Instagram video the other day where like there was like a seven year old black black girl, mm-hmm. um, and like you know they had this recording of a, a white cop like trying to say hi to her and talk to her, and the like the black child was like scared as hell mm. right and they and they had said like they had showed where her initial reaction was to put her hands up oh. because a cop was like talking to her like you know for me like that shit is heartbreaking at seven years old seven years old as a black child a black woman like you're already programmed like like that you know what i'm saying yeah. like that shit is f up right right so um and then like like I'm worried about black women or women of color, just as, or women in general, as much as men. Like, yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, I don't want to take away from from those, but man, some of these videos you see, you see men officers beating the shit out of women mm-hmm. as well. Like, this shit is wild. Like, yeah. I'm like, bro. Like, these are humans, but at the same time, it's no way to to, to handle a a a, a woman That's, in any right, right, right. Yeah. Like, in a brutal. Like, that shit is wild. You know what I mean? Especially so, because the the idea is that you're you're your violence is is supposed to be in self-defense you know and when you're talking about women especially when they're much smaller than you the amount of damage that they're going to be able to do to you is is minimal in comparison to what you could do to them and then it's like what's what's the point of using that much force on something that's not an immediate danger to your life you know if you if you're going to pretend that it's about that um yeah yeah, it's just a shame. But um, yeah. I really I- I, and I didn't want to take I, with that come. I didn't want to take away from like black men being targeted yeah. or the situation at hands as far as like police brutality. But I also just wanted to speak out like shit. You have a daughter, but shit, they're getting assaulted and as well, you know. Right. So right, killed as well. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks, Phil, for coming on the podcast yeah. and sharing your experience. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say to, to my listeners just about the protests or about what's the current situation we're in right now? I don't mean to put well, you on the well, spot, well, but... <laughs> now you're good. I'm trying, to, trying to, you know, I'm trying to be picky with my words. Yeah. Well, one, I, I want to appreciate you for, uh, for your platform, for inviting me. Um, I look forward to seeing you in person whenever we have our high school reunion and things like that and get together. So, so thank you for the invite, um, to answer the question, geez, um, man, you know, just keep up the momentum, you know, like I think, I think with our day and age, you know, we like to be very, very trendy. Mm. Um, and hop on the bandwagon and hop on whatever's popular mm-hmm. at that moment, right? 
and because we live in such a digital world, you know, because somebody posts something, like, it kind of catches fire. So I don't want this just to be a trend. I don't want people just to be involved or to be speaking out on this because it's a trend because because they feel obligated to, right? Mm. Um, like you see, I see a lot of friends saying like, you know, if my if my white peers don't speak out or my company doesn't make a statement, um, then then you know then then whatever, like. You shouldn't, one, you shouldn't be begging people to speak up and to act on what's right, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to speak up on these injustices. And it, and, it, and it makes these companies have these BS statements. It makes these individuals have these BS, you know, as individuals and as companies, right, mm-hmm. have these BS statements because they feel obligated and peer pressured to do something because it's a trend and because people, you know, like, don't force somebody to speak on something if they're not, if they're not genuine about it, mm. you know? So I don't want this to just be a trend. I want there to be action consistently after this. So I want people to continue the momentum, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and to, to not just fall off of this once if it clears over, I mean, keep right. this shit up until, until there's real actual change, you know, like we, people have been doing this shit for 400 years, mm-hmm. you know, like don't just be another glimpse in history and be involved in something because it was trendy, mm-hmm. you know. So that I think that that those are my last words. Yeah, I that was really well said, well spoken. Um, thank you again for being on the podcast. And yeah, I'll definitely see you when you come back in town or whenever everybody gets together. But thanks, Will. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you, Addy. You right. stay safe as well. Bye. Later. There are so many ways to get involved. You can donate, you can sign all the petitions and there's many of them. You can watch videos on YouTube about how you can help Black Lives Matter financially and watch the activist videos, uh, listen to podcasts that are specifically uh, made by and geared towards African-Americans and geared towards anyone who really wants to um, help with Uh, Black Lives Matter, help talk about racism, uh, bridge the diversity gap. Um, You can follow and support Black organizations and influencers, um, text certain numbers, and you'll be directed towards uh, different mayors and district attorneys. Um, You can register to vote, make sure you check in on your African-American friends, uh, and, and be willing to learn and know that it's not their job to necessarily teach you. So if you reach out wanting to learn about something, please know that they're exhausted themselves um, about talking about race. And sometimes the answer is simply maybe not right now. Um, but there's also just definitely organizations to, to donate to and local bail funds to donate to. Um, and, and I've seen so many people sharing uh, videos, documentaries, books um, to watch so that you can learn more and keep the conversation going and, and really be on the right side of history at this point. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of My Work in Progress podcast. I have made it uh, a mission to try to talk more about social justice topics moving forward. I was a little bit um, unsure if I should 
do this episode when I thought of the idea of having people on who have been to the protest to talk um, about their experiences because I had never really talked about necessarily social justice issues on the podcast before. Um, But I think that's what my work in progress is all about. It's about being a work in progress is really about um, learning and growing. And I think that's just showing part of my growth um, as a podcaster, but also just as a human being and recognizing that we're in a state of flux right now as a society. And if I am going to have a platform, um, I might as well introduce some social justice issues because they do affect me. Whether or not, you know, in your day-to-day life, you you really recognize it in the whole scheme of things. They affect you and, and the people that you love and your friends and family. So um, I'm going to be including tips and resources so that you can join in and help us build a better and more humane society. I will also include the links to the resources in my show notes at myworkinprogress.net. So be sure to check that out if you want more um, direct, other than what I had mentioned, like direct uh, resources so that you can get involved. But um, as always, don't forget to be unapologetically a work in progress.